Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Steven, I can see you. I actually have the Skype screen or the Hangout screen up. Just a little little eerie. Yeah, it's We've weird. We've been doing and this it, for a while, but I've always had the, the recording software up front. You're, uh, you, and you're really hanging in there despite me flipping you off the entire time. <laughs> Non-stop. No last. All professional yeah. here. Yep. So the Dodgers have won since we last talked. In fact, they've won more yeah. than they've lost. Yeah, they they had the um, the weird distinction of uh, so they when they finally snapped their losing streak last week it was in the last game of the series in Miami and that was on a Thursday and their last win was on a Wednesday so you could sort of piece it together like hey like they're actually getting hot but no it was a week apart in wins and then uh, then they just kept winning they it turns out that what you have to do to win a series for the Dodgers is just play the Nationals and face. <laughs> Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg. And, oh, and oh, yeah. If you if you get your, uh, and we'll talk about this, but it, if you get your one of your starting pitchers on the second game of a doubleheader to leave after two pitches and have to have <laughs> your fine. bullpen, yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, no big deal. So, uh, yeah, the Nationals. Who, who knew they were going to be the um, the sort of escape hatch for the Dodgers this season? But so, yeah. So, so the most obvious difference between sort of. This past week and the week before that is Justin Turner's presence in the lineup. Um, is there anything else you can one feel free to talk a little bit about that? But is there anything else you can kind of point to 
is it just like Maeda actually performed well? The bullpen hasn't been giving up like insane leads like they they were. Um, Chris Taylor's been hitting better. Is there anything else that you've noticed that have kind of gone to this? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to go in stretches where like the bullpen is a big part. I think um, they like they had the game in in Washington where they had to get nine innings out of the bullpen and they did. Um, and they gave up, I think, what they gave up four in that game. So it wasn't like, and they had a one like blow up inning, but that's what that's going to happen when you have to get nine innings out of the bullpen. But like it was generally better. Um, so I think that's part of it. Like if you like, it was just got to the point where like they were they they allowed runs like every game, and like you're you know allowing runs is going to happen because like on average your bullpen's going to pitch like three or more innings a game. So you should be allowing runs like you know. A three ERA is like not is really good, um, so it's not bad. It's just like, but it just seemed like every every time it was close or they had a lead or something, like the bullpen would allow would give it up, and that was just you just can't live that way. And so they got away from that and got a little, you know, it's a little bit better now. But then, yeah, the offense is huge. Um, you know, getting Turner back it gives them uh, more stability, like in the middle of the lineup and. Um, and then Yasiel Puig, like coming back from the dead, uh, he had zero home runs uh, through what twenty nine games, and now he's he has five in his last eight games. So, like just getting something there, Chris Taylor, like starting to turn things around a little bit. Um, so uh, he homered last night too. That I mean that helps quite a bit. Um, you know they're still like you know not not clicking on all cylinders, but just getting like those things. And like you mentioned too. Um, and we'll, we'll get into this later, but, um, you know, Maeda's start was huge. He pitched eight innings in Miami, and, like, you know, he's essentially been, like, a five-inning guy. Um, and some of it's by design. They, they pull him. Uh, they have a pretty quick hook with him just generally, but also, he, you know, just hasn't been effective enough to last long in a lot of these starts. But he was awesome. He retired, like, the last 17 batters in that game. And, um just getting a start like that. Walker Bueller has been fantastic. Um, Ross Stripling struck out a career high nine. Um, so they like just stringing all those together. That's usually what you get in like the elements of a winning streak. And that's what they got. Uh, they won four straight uh, through uh, Sunday and then they lost uh, the opener of the Rockies, but they won last night. So like they're, you know, they're, they're starting to string things together. Um, and you could, you know, they're still, it's a long climb. Like when, when you're this, when you start off this bad, like, you know, you usually you try to think, well, yeah, we, they, we, they, whatever, they could still win the division. But like, um, the first things first, they got to get to 500, and they're still under 500. But you know, it's like it'll happen eventually. You think, but you have to get there first, and then before you can sort of move on to the bigger goals. So you alluded to it before. It wasn't all good news. Uh, it it led to a very interesting and fun and uh, kind of enjoyable game, but Richill done after two pitches. That was fun. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's bad and it's gross. Oh yeah. And so like the thing about Rich Hill, like he's always had blister problems. Like he came over um, in at the trade deadline in 2016, he was in the middle of a blister thing. Then he missed like a month or a little bit over a month because dating back to his Oakland days, like he, he was on the deal first and then he tried to come back, and then he had a zero-inning start in that game. I know, and I'm, I'm trying to think if he actually threw a pitch in that game or if they just came out during warm-ups that were like, no, you're done. So he, he basically was out of commission for like six or seven weeks before he finally uh, joined, like pitched for the Dodgers, and then he pitched really well. Um, and then last year, um, 
He had um, another thing in April where he had a blister, missed a start, came back off the DL, had a blister again. And then so he he misses like a month a year, basically, for these things. And it looks like that's what he's going to be out this time. Although you never know. But so the the nature of this injury was um, so he he already missed time with like a, a fingernail issue on his which was not a blister. But it's still, you know, like it, it just shows you how like crazy, like specific and delicate like pitching is where and especially someone like Rich Hill, who is basically fastball curveball only. And like just the amount what his fingers do, like putting pressure on different points of the ball to make it move and spin and like how precise that has to be, um, you know, um, in terms of like your nails and like just everything. And like so anytime something goes wrong, I know the, the general sort of knee jerk reaction is oh what a pussy right like he's he, he can't his, his finger is his little fingers hurt so i can't it's like it's like his his job like that's his money maker basically and so and then a couple years ago i remember too he had like um i want to say okay no i'm conflating him and andre ethier ethier had like a thing in his hand that was which was also a blister but he, he had like a quarter size hole in his hand in his skin like so that like these things are not like you know, it sound you know as 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 much as you want to trivialize them not you the 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 royal you uh, <laughs> uh, so like these are serious more serious injuries than I think people give credit for but anyway um, uh, Richel um, two pitches into the Washington game his um, middle finger blister which is where it, where it's always been it has um, it it popped or whatever. And then there's the shot where the trainers come out and then he's like looking at it and he, he like ripped the skin off. And then like, of course, Sportsnet LA cameras had an extreme close up of this. So it was really gross. Um, but yeah, so he's out like the thing of, with which Rich Hill, like he, you know, everyone expects him to miss like a couple weeks to a month um, for this, you know. Sure enough, like within two days, he's been throwing already, like and throwing a bullpen such. So he's just kind of a crazy person in that regard. So like, I wouldn't read too much into that. Like, I think he's still going to miss a while, but um, yeah. So that that's kind of where they're at with that. So it just adds to like, um, uh, just the whole like the rotation's kind of a mess right now. Um, really, they're still waiting, um, you know, to get Kershaw back, and we'll talk about that. But like they're they're really patching these together. That's why it was huge to get those starts by like Maeda and Stripling uh, the other day, and then mm-hmm. Bueller Bueller as well. So those guys are like anchoring the rotation right now, and uh, they're just they're just kind of trying to get by. Do you, do you think maybe Rich Hill just got the memo that Kershaw was looking to maybe come back soon? <laughs> uh oh, one of us has got to go down. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'll take that's one the for the team. He, he's like, you know what? Uh, just found, found a knife. Popped his own blister. <laughs> I think it was, it was probably like a paper clip. It was that okay. resourceful. He, he MacGyvered it completely. <laughs> um, but no, uh, so the, here's the weird thing about this. So the 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 Dodgers already were going to need another starter before like the Rich Hill thing. And this was like in, – in, and before like Kershaw comes back because – they started in in, in Washington D.C. It was like r- supposed to be rain all weekend. They got Friday's game rained out, so that that already screwed them a little bit in tr- from a rotation standpoint. They, that forced them to play two on Saturday. So um, just the way the schedule was, they were going to need someone by Wednesday, this Wednesday, um, to fill in because they only have five um, starters right now. And, and you go two. This was let's say assuming Hill's healthy. 
you got Stripling Hill Saturday, so neither of them could pitch till Thursday on, on regular rest, and then the other three, uh, Wood, um, Bueller, and Maeda, um, going, and then so you you would have needed someone to go on one of those days. So that what they did was they gave Maeda an extra day of rest. They brought up Brock Stewart for last night. So, and then the issue becomes now when does Kershaw get back? Because is he going to slide in next? They have an off day Thursday, so they can maneuver a little bit. But um, the way his what he where he's at now, biceps tendonitis. Uh, Dave Roberts said the other day that um, he's Kershaw's no longer like feeling the effects of that. So he's been able to throw uh, quite a bit like bullpen sessions here and there. I think what's up for him is um, simulated game on Saturday. I don't know if he's going to do a minor league game or not. But he's probably going to throw like, you know, I would say three or four innings. And then he could be good to go like after that, like in terms of just just straight into the rotation. But that still means they're going to need like essentially need Brock Stewart again um, sometime in between there because they have, um, I think it's, you know, at least like six games in a row or something. So if Kershaw throws Saturday, he's not going to be ready for one of those like Tuesday, Wednesday games. So. Uh, or maybe they played till Thursday. I forget. But anyway, the the point is, they, Kershaw is probably in the rotation like end of next week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that means Brock Stewart's probably going to get another start. And like Dave Roberts said as much last night, uh, Stewart came up. He's been like jerked a bit up and down all year, um, and has really not. He threw like five and two thirds innings each of his first three starts in AAA. But since then, it's been like. Uh, come up and be in, in the bullpen, go down, you know, pitch short innings. He's, he really hasn't pitched more than three innings until last night when he pitched four. Uh, Dave Roberts said he was he was fine and probably earned another start in the rotation. And it makes sense because they really don't have anyone else. Dennis Santana. Dennis Santana is the only other one on the 40-man right now. And, like, he's actually done great. Like, he got promoted from AA. And his first start in AAA, he struck out 11 in six innings. So it's like, hey, welcome to AAA. So he's doing really well, but he's also uh, much younger. And I, I think they, they really want to develop him more than like rush him to the majors. Like if they had to, they have to, but like they don't necessarily have to right now. But um, he's really the only other one. Like Manny Manuelos is another possibility. He's off the 40 man, but then, then it gets to the point where, man, you're, you're in that Nick Tepish, uh, Bud Norris zone of a couple years ago where you see where, they're sort of they're they're kind of hurting from a depth standpoint, but um, so yeah, Brock Stewart's going to fill in probably one other time, and then make, the the hope I think is that Kershaw's back after that. Okay. So after that uh, sweep, of the, while the Dodgers were busy sweeping the Nationals and at least so far splitting the games with the the Rockies, the Diamondbacks have not been doing a lot of winning. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I I think what it is like um, I. Th- they probably threw their back out when trying to put up the banner for winning the 2018 pennant already, uh, which is weird. Um, but no, so the, the, you know, we thought the Dodgers were bad earlier. Like right now, um, uh, the Diamondbacks, as we're recording this, they're going to play like this morning actually, but uh, in Milwaukee, but they're, um, they've lost six in a row and that, that, uh, followed a previous six game losing streak last week. So they've lost 12 of 13, so, like, the NL West is, like, a, a mess right now. I, I looked at this earlier. Like, the Rockies are actually in first place right now, and they've been outscored by 25 runs this season. <laughs> so, they're 8-4 they're, they're and four in one-run games. That helps a little bit. But So, the Rockies, they're 26-23, and 23, um, just juggernaut off the team there. <laughs> Diamondbacks, they were after the great side. They, they, like, 
something like they, I think they won like their first eight or nine series of the year. Um, so they're 25 and 23. So, uh, and then if you look at it further, they're, so they're like eight and four against the Dodgers this year. So that, what is that? 17 and 19 against everyone else. So like really bad. So they, they lost 12 and 13, like, uh, AJ Pollock's out for like a month. Uh, Steven Sousa just went on the deal again. Um, they're, so they're kind of hurting. And then I look looking this up, um, Paul Goldschmidt, get, like, what would you, if you had to just guess, I, you, you probably know he's something, yeah. but if you had to, if you had to guess what his OPS for the season is, cause you know, you think Paul Goldschmidt's something, you probably have idea and you're right. What, what would you guess his OPS is right now? I'm trying to, let's see, three years, 750. See that, that's a reasonable guess. Yeah. Like if Paul Goldschmidt's like, cause he's like a. I think what his he's like a nine hundred plus guy, right? Yeah. Like and, and thousand if he's great, eleven hundred or whatever if he's just on fire. He, right now, Paul Goldschmidt. We're this is May twenty third when we're recording. One ninety eight, three twenty, three fifty five, a six seventy five. <laughs> he's been nothing. Like he's been terrible. Um, so like that's where Arizona is at right now. Like obviously he's going to hit. I think, um, but <laughs> but like. Well, just I'm saying, like that's where they're at right now. The Arizona's a mess. So that's so that puts the Dodgers, who <laughs> we uh, in between recording last week and this week, Dustin Nossler on our site wrote, uh, kind of put the death knell in the Dodgers, which is you know it's one of those Wait, things. Wait, did like, he do it? He did it on True Blue LA. Yeah. And oh, he, well, that's, yeah. that's the trick then. One of you has yeah, to do it. <laughs> yeah, and so and like I, like I was sort of there too. Like you know, basically, basically the Dodgers are done. And like you know, they've been playing awful. Like, and I'm sort of in the I was in the camp that, like, they're not going to win the division. Um, so they're 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 probably ceiling is the wild card. And if you still look at it, right, like, so they're the division um, may be easier than the wild card, <laughs> right? So, that, so that's that's where we're at with, with this this really bad division. So just just let's put this in in perspective, like. So the Dodgers before the season, you know, their projections had them anywhere from like a ninety-four to ninety-nine win team, depending on the site, right? But let's let's just say like ninety-five wins is pretty good, right? Like so, if you're a night if you're a ninety-five win team, uh, oh, you know, uh, the Dodgers have one hundred and fourteen games left. So if you if you play like a ninety-five win pace during those last one hundred and fourteen games, um, I and of course I cannot. Uh, operate a calculator at this point but um yeah so um okay so that's 67 more wins so they're they're already they're 21 and 27 so like they're if they play at their potential 95 win team they're only going to end up with 88 wins so like that's sort of where they're at that's how how this start has sort of costed them like in it like let's say they play what 600 ball which is like 96 97 wins um you know that still only puts them uh, at 89 wins or, or 90. So like their ceiling is not high right now. Like, so that, that's where the, the sort of trepidation is. You figure some team's going to win at least 90 plus, but maybe not. Like I looked at fan graphs this morning, like in, in Pocota baseball prospectus, um, fan graphs has the Dodgers at 85.6 wins uh, projected, but yet that's, uh, puts them at 51% to win the division. <laughs> so that's how bad it's going. The Rockies are actually ahead of the D-backs on Fangraphs projections in the 22.6%, D-backs 16.6%, Dodgers factor in the wild card. The Dodgers are 58% to make the playoffs. Um, go to baseball prospectus. They're 
um, they're only 35% to make the playoffs on, on baseball prospectus with Dakota. And it's only 249 to win the division percent. Um, the Diamondbacks are still the favorites there, 50%. Um, and then the Rockies are 15.1. So there's kind of a weird split in that regard. It's probably, um, I don't know if the Dodgers, if, if Dakota is, is I don't, maybe they're factoring in the injuries more um, or just, or I don't know what, what the difference is there. But um, you know, and Pocota has them winning 83, 83.5 wins. So th- there's not a high ceiling there. But then again, like you mentioned, you might not, you might not need that much. Uh, San Francisco, they're kind of lurking. They're just a game under 500 too. They're still ahead of the Dodgers, but uh, they get they're getting um, Madison Bumgarner back soon. He's he's throwing like a rehab start on Saturday, and he's probably going to uh, join the rotation after that. So they're sort of getting closer to back to full strength. So we'll see how that goes. There, I mean, just given how bad the division is, you figure they're going to hang around. So um, it's weird, uh, weird division. There's a few other things I wanted to bring up, but uh, our Twitter questions actually do a really good job of kind of handling them. So I think we're going to switch over, uh, switch over those if you're ready. And I was going to say too, like we, you know, we go in stretches where sometimes like one of us is busy or the other one, and our timing doesn't work out. So a lot of times we're we're playing so much catch up, or like sometimes we go like two or three weeks in between. But now we've been on a pretty regular schedule, so actually. We there's not a I mean a ton that we only have like a week's yeah we don't worth of yeah you're right we don't have that oh by the way <laughs> yeah, four so, people have been injured they yeah, traded yeah. for <laughs> Sandy Koufax in his prime yeah they moved from Brooklyn what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah so these are it's a nice little uh, uh, stretch we got going here all right first question from Brandon now that LA is playing uh, Bellinger in the outfield out of necessity or not. Doesn't a move for Machado, Machado I say his name right once in my life, uh, make even more sense? Uh, Bueller isn't moving out, but what is a legit package each team would not immediately turn down? It's the Orioles. They'll turn down everything. Sorry. I'm, get, I'm getting that out of the way. Uh, you can answer now. And so I, I wonder if, like, if, if the term Mercado is what you're it's what's making it you say Mercado. Like, every time – what happens is I see his name, and I'm like, oh – and I, I do the reverse. I'm like, it's not Machado, it's Mikado. I will say it right. And then I yeah. say it, I'm like, why am I such an idiot? Why do I always do this? I, I can't come up with a, an, an, uh, a word Maybe off, I'm trying my, to off the top of my head. Him. Like, hey, come to the yeah. Dodgers, and I'll say your name right. And then, uh, oh, I got it. I thought I you were going to say like, uh, I try like to a say, market. Try, I, I pride myself in trying to get names right, and I always screw this up. I thought it was some sort of marketing thing. Like you've come to the LA Mercado with Manny Machado. Or something. <laughs> like, uh, but no, like I, I'm certain I have words. I can't come up with an example off the top of my head, but I know there's some that just trip me up. Like, uh, God, a couple of years ago, I don't know what it was. I think I was reading something and the word beach was there. Um, and, it, <laughs> and I was just looking beach. at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, um, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I'm like, this is the dumb. I felt like such an idiot. I'm just like, I was staring at it. Like, what the hell is this? Like, not, not knowing what the word was, but I'm like, how does this word make any sense? And like, I just got caught in like a brain loop. It was, it was super weird. But um, yeah. So I think um, short answer to this is it, Bellinger, where Bellinger is, does not affect the move for Machado. Like, in fact, I think it it in in this particular case, it probably hurts it. Um, like, look, the the reason Bellinger's in center is because Chris Taylor's at short. So, like, like I think the fact that they're playing Bellinger in center is that, and they're playing Max Muncie a lot at first. Um, 
I think like Kevin Rosenthal posted this, um, and I think we've talked about this just as a random sort of trade opportunity. Um, but like uh, he mentioned, like Jose Abreu. Um, so I don't know. I, he it like it makes more sense they would actually trade for a first baseman in this case than Machado. Like I know what you could say is they just moved Taylor back to center. Machado plays short. Bellinger at first, sure, and that makes sense, but. The fact that they move Bellinger to center now doesn't mean like, oh, well, they're, that means they're going for Machado. Like, I don't think that's related. Um, but in terms of like what it would take to get Machado, like this is, you know, you're obviously you're not giving up Bueller. Bueller is in the rotation right now. Obviously, there's going to be a point where he gets shut down a little bit and, and like limited this year. But look, he, he's a part of the rotation now. That's it. Like full stop. He's not a prospect. He's not someone they're going to trade. Um, so what you're looking at is like everyone else on the table, <laughs> like um, like Alex Verdugo, probably an option. Yadier Alvarez, uh, an option. Dennis Santana, an option. Uh, Mitchell White, uh, an option. Like I think, like just about everyone is on the table. Um, I don't know how much it would cost because he's a superstar, and they're only, but it's only for a rental. So. Um, but yeah, it would be, the cost would be steep, but yeah, that's, that's sort of what you're looking at. Like anyone, but Bueller just like pick, pick three, you wouldn't want to give up. And those are the three that would go, I think to get Machado. feels like the, I, I joked about this, but it feels like the Orioles never make these trades though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, well, it's, it's like, I think part they, of it is they feel that, like, like they've been a team that has had the ability to do that and has it, you know, been in that kind of like. Hey, we could use some long-term help. We're not in the AL East race anymore for a while, and I've never known them to make that trade. Well, part and of it I, was I that, may be forgetting something here, but well, until like last year, they were actually winning. Like you know, like they were. You you'd look at them on paper and go, I don't know how they're winning, but like they won. They went and made the playoffs what like two or three times in sure. a five-year span. Yeah, I'm definitely like, thinking uh, more of the last decade. Oh than, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But then also part of it is Peter Angelos is like one of yeah, the more like that's what I was hands-on at. like <laughs> meddling owners. Like so, even if it's like signing a guy, you know, they they famously had physicals fall through because like Angelos backs away or he doesn't give support. So I would imagine getting an actual deal done on any level is a, has a few more obstacles in Baltimore than it does in most teams. So that's what makes that probably kind of hard. But then also, I mean, yeah, you're right. From a pragmatic standpoint, the Orioles have to trade him. Like from a fan standpoint, it sucks because, you know, if you're a Baltimore fan, like you're going to lose Manny Machado. Like there's just no way he's going to resign there. I don't think, um, so you have to get something for him, like a lot, and you can get a lot, but you know, you wonder like if their if their stubbornness would would take hold or his stubbornness, Peter Angelos. Um, so yeah, but yeah, so he's going to be out there. But I think also the fact that a lot of teams are, would be interested in him, who wouldn't? Um, that's going to drive the price up too during in the trade market. So that's why I think, like like I said, not, not Bueller, but just about everybody else would be in that in that deal. Next question is from Sal. Uh, the hashtag the opener hashtag bullpenning. What are your opinions on that? <laughs> so the uh, old friend Sergio Romo uh, over the Romo? weekend. No, he although he did quarterback the Rays to a win in there one of those games. There you go. So uh, we got it in. Um, but um, so the Rays um, went with reliever, veteran reliever Sergio Romo to start Saturday against the Angels. The idea there. Um, 
was stated by Kevin Cash is that Angels are pretty righty heavy. They they started or lefty Ryan. They had Ryan Yarbrough planning to start. They didn't want him like you know the Rays have been one of the teams that like always use the they use like the third time through the order penalty or they heat it more than any other team. Part of that is like personnel driven, you know, um, small market don't have a deep staff. Mm-hmm. They're they're gonna they're gonna try to get what they can or maximize what they can um, with that. So. The idea, if if they're going to have Andres go third time through the order, they want to make that third time not include, um, like uh, Mike Trout, and then I guess I don't remember if Shohei Otani started that. Yeah, he's a lefty, but um, you you want to make the third time through the order not start with the top of the order, which is very good, you know. Um, and so I think that was sort of the part of the reasoning behind it. And then also um, the fact that I think they were uh, right-handed. In fact, I'm trying to think uh, it may have been Cozart, Trout, and Upton. in the So all right-handers. But anyway, um, so they had Romo start Sunday, or Saturday. And uh, he, he struck out, I think, what, two of the – no, he struck out all three. It was like a great inning. And then Andres came in – or um, Yarbrough came in and was like – and he pitched like six and a third. So it worked. They won. I mean, but like it's not like, oh, the, this is great. You know, like this, this – um, I, I the, the part where I get sort of frustrated with this is like um, it's more specifically with like Brian Kenny because he was basically like doing a victory lap the last couple of days. Like this is like some sort of revolution that's going to take over baseball. It's like, oh, let's cool your jets there, pal. But like I don't – um, but the, so the, what made it interesting to me was not just Saturday that they, the Rays said, we're going to do this Sunday too. So Sergio Romo got to start two straight days. Um, he actually pitched into the second on, on uh, Sunday. He, he uh, struck out, um, two more or no, three more walked two. Um, so he did really well. And then the Rays ended up losing on Sunday, on Sunday. Um, uh, Shohei Otani pitched really well, but like, you know, I think it's one of those things. I kind of like it from one standpoint in that, like the Rays are kind of a boring team, really, um, and it made it more interesting. So I, I liked it from that standpoint. I saw a lot, a lot of the backlash. It seems like that that the Rays ultimate or whatever this is that ultimately they're trying to devalue starting pitching, and then which will mean that uh, come arbitration time, or it just makes them cheaper. Um, the, the pitchers themselves. So I kind of get that a little bit, but honestly, like, I don't, I don't think this is something that's going to take over baseball. We've seen the Astros to some extent, like do this, like they use, they'll use like um, when they have pretty deep staff, they'll use a guy for like three or four innings straight. They might piggyback a little bit, but like the Astros now have a pretty awesome staff, like one through five. They're not going to do this. The nationals aren't going to do this. If you're a team like that's just struggling to get by, um, it kind of works on some level. The Rays have done a lot of bullpen games this year anyway. Like they had what Jose De Leon, Brent Honeywell missed the year with Tommy John. Nate Eovaldi hasn't pitched all year. He's still doing like a rehab assignment now. He's had a two, two Tommy Johns in his career. So they're, they're like a messed up staff, right? Like um, uh, at least it wasn't what was planned going in. So you, you can see why a team like that, who is a little more desperate to do it, like they would try it. So, I kind of like it that teams are, would experiment with something like that. Um, I don't think it's something that's going to like revolutionize the game, but uh, it, I don't know. It's kind of cool. But the, here's the interesting part to me. So 
the the key part for me is that the Romo started the, the back-to-back games or back, games on back-to-back days. So I was looking up the last time like a Dodger did this. And it, it's not perfect because um, like Don Newcomb started both games of a doubleheader once, and uh, John John Weissman like wrote about it in his book, and it's like it's fascinating, right? I think what was it? Uh, I think Bert Schotten was the manager. I can't remember because I don't have it in front of me, but it was something like you did so well in that first game. Why don't you go in the second game? It's like really like all right, but um, so I was looking at uh, Ishmael Valdez in two thousand. He 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 started on zero days rest, but what really happened was. He he like finished a game on one day and uh, with an inning of relief late in Miami or against Miami, and then the next day he started. I so I, it must have been some weird thing, but he only went like five innings. But so I looked it up. The the sort of a, a more amazing story, which is similar, um, in 1982, the Dodgers were in Wrigley Field and they started a game on the 17th of August. And the game ended up going like 21 innings, but this was before Wrigley Field had lights. So there was a lot of games that were suspended by uh, just darkness, and which is like, what an what a ominous thing to be suspended by. Um, but so what happened was the, I forget when the game exactly was suspended, but it was sometime in like the, the 16th maybe. And then, so then, so they, what they did was they started the game the next day, uh, they just resumed that game on the on the 18th. So Jerry Royce came into this game because it's an extra inning game, and the Dodgers were deep into the uh, bullpen at that point. So Royce pitched four innings, scoreless innings, to and the Dodgers ended up winning in um, in the 21st inning. So <laughs> so he pitched four innings, and then he was the scheduled starter of the next game, which was that day. And so he pitched five innings, um, like, like, you know, right after he just pitched four. Nice, so a little complete game. Yeah, exactly. So they, they sort of like gave him a like, nice little nine inning day. He, he gave up two runs. So but he ended up getting the win in both games. So that, that was kind of cool. So uh, not exactly analogous, but it made me look that up. And I thought it was very cool. Uh, next, we have a couple questions, basically asking the same thing. Well, okay. Roscoe, does not ask a question. He just demands injury yeah. update on Andrew Tolls, please. Oh, he said please. That's not a demand. He politely right. requested an injury update. And then Trevor Nime, um, same question. Any Tolls news? Uh, is he close to returning? Uh, I was looking at this. I don't think there is any Tolls news. It's still like the same. He had a setback like uh, a couple weeks ago, or I guess now, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Uh, still sidelined, basically. I don't know what uh, what the ultimate, like, timetable is um but if i hear something i'll pass it on but yeah so as of now he's just out like he hasn't there's no indication that he's going to play anytime soon uh you know it's a hamstring though so you'd imagine at some point he's going to be back i don't think uh, unless they did like a secret surgery or something or or it tore off the bone or whatever um maybe that was what happened i don't know but i haven't heard anything to that effect so uh, he's just out right now and probably going to be a little bit before he comes back and then he's probably going to you know in terms of him like being ready to be called up to the Dodgers, you figure, let's say he's back at some point next week, he probably got to get into game shape again and like so play for the um, Oklahoma City a little more. So I would say minimum he's like two weeks away, and more probably more likely like three three weeks. And that's you know making some assumptions here. So we're looking at like he's not going to affect the Dodgers until like June, maybe July at this point. And last question, also from Roscoe, actually a question. Since the front office has initiated trade talks, anything you know, you, anything you may know as to what they're prioritizing? Well, 
I guess my, I I don't I don't have an objection to this question per se. It's just that the since the front office has initiated trade talks, like they have, like really, <laughs> like um, like it's not it's not like old timey war where like everyone just everyone shows up to the battlefield and the generals stand back and then they they send out their marching orders and then you just watch the the, the display. Uh, it's not that like this organization more than uh, a lot has been notoriously tight lipped. I don't, I don't really have the, like any kind of inside news at this point. Like, um, so I don't really know. Like uh, I, I can't really say that they're, you know, look, they, they still need pitching. Like um, I would imagine they're going to try to upgrade the bullpen and given the state of the rotation, even with Kershaw coming back, I would imagine they're, try, they're looking for a starter too. And then everyone like, Oh yeah, well what about Machado? <laughs> like, I think there's other things to sort of, you know, prioritize. So uh, I don't, I don't have an answer for this. It would just be a guess, but um, uh, I don't think we're going to hear anything anytime soon. The, uh, you know, even the trades are hard, hard enough to happen as it is in July, but like, especially this early, like an impact trade, I don't see it. Maybe, maybe like uh, towards the end of June, maybe is that when it might start heating up. And I'll ask tw- Twitter from question is uh, from Sissy. I'm never really sure how options going up and down and all around, et cetera, work, but it appears a lot of movement with regards to Brock Stewart. Will this affect his time with the Dodgers? So the short answer to this is no. Uh, Brock Stewart was called up on, on Tuesday to make the start against the Rockies. This is the fourth different time he's been um, uh, called up. And there's like a funny sort of story about that, I guess, in that um, – one of the times he was called up was in Mexico, um, and then he joined the Dodgers, and then came. He, so he goes from like wherever Oklahoma City was to Mexico, and I think there was something where he like it was like a weird connecting flight story or something. Or anyway, he joins the Dodgers, then he goes back on the team charter to LA, and then like before they even start their next series, they option him back. So yes, like go back to Oklahoma City. So he, he's traveled a lot this year, but in terms of how that affects him, it really doesn't. Um, so the way options work, the super simple explanation is that every player gets like three option years. Um, and you can, during any one year, you can be optioned like an unlimited number of times. I mean, there's limits because there's only 100, 187 days in the season, but um, you can go up and down, up and down, up and down, and it only counts as a one option year. So to, to, to fully realize that option year, though, you have to be on optional assignment is what the term is uh, for a total of 20 days during the season. So like there's some cases where um, that doesn't count as an option. You're like um, uh, Chris Taylor last year, um, Ross Stripling. Also um, Chris Taylor started the year in the minors was called up in like early April or like mid April, but he, he did not, have 20 days on optional assignment so his option did not count so that gave the dodgers another option here like if they wanted to like option him he's probably less likely than others but like ross stripling last year um he was optioned at least once but like his total time didn't uh total 20 days so the option year didn't count so that um they didn't use an option year last year so it just sort of increases the flexibility a little bit um there are some cases where Guys get a fourth option. What usually has to happen is that um, you, if you exhaust your three options before your five years as a pro, 
uh, it's, or it usually ha- happens if some guy's injured or, or something, but, um, this happened with Yasiel Puig, um, who was obviously up pretty, pretty quickly after he signed. So like he had a fourth option last year and I was sort of rereading this cause I think I got confused on this as well, but, um, you get the fourth option that, that one year, but like Puig could have been optioned last year. Cause we saw he was in 2016. That was his third option. Um, he did not get optional last year, so I don't think he has that fourth option anymore. Uh, I'm going to look into this, but uh, as it stands now, but that's that's a like a, a super rare point of this. But the 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 general term is um, or thing is that you you only get three option years, but any one year you can go up and down as many times. There's other stuff where like if you have like five years of service time, you can um, you have the right to refuse any assignment to the minors. Uh, things like that, but the, those are more, uh, you know, advanced like, things that don't what your quest. But uh, yeah, so that, that's a short answer. Three option years, but any one year, it's unlimited. Okay, you ready for what I've been most excited for? Dun episode. dun dun. So yeah. I alluded to this last week. Uh, I I I started to receive a very uh, a, a stipend. Uh, from uh, from doing the podcast, and like any responsible adult, I bought baseball cards with it. Yes, uh, I love it. Actually, before the, I before I actually got my first one, I went on eBay uh, during recording last week. So I have this giant pile of uh, baseball cards, uh, unopened baseball packs, uh, and we're gonna I don't we're gonna see how many of these Eric can get. So I've been thinking about this, Eric. I think this is how it's gonna work. I'm gonna set mm-hmm. a timer for five minutes. I'm going to then uh, open this pack of cards, and I'm going to give you the team name, and I'm going to give you the uh, whether they're a pitcher or a hitter. And then you mm-hmm. can ask whatever questions you think you can get from me on this card up to, oh, let's say three. Is three a good okay. number? And sure. then you're yeah, going to make we... a guess. And if you're right, then we'll keep track of how many you're, uh, you're doing, okay? Yeah, and so just just full disclosure on this, uh, you're talking to someone who appreciates baseball cards. I literally just got the other day um, <laughs> off eBay as well uh, the uh, 1986 Fleer Update set, uh, 132 cards of players who were traded and or rookies. So uh, yeah, I, that's that's sort of my wheelhouse. I started collecting. In like eighty six or eight, eight really eighty five. Uh, so like eighty five to ninety ninety one was like when I was hardcore into it. Um, so those are so, sort of the my best years. So I think that's sort of the the ones you got. All right. Uh, so uh, I have this is a nineteen eighty nine pack of Fleer. Okay. So just with uh, it's the what the gray with the the vertical stripes on the card. You are correct. Showing you yeah. Some, uh, this, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, all right. Are you ready to begin? I am. All right. Uh, the timer has started. We have a pitcher with the Texas Rangers. Um, my first question. Uh, okay. What? Does this is Fleer? Yeah. Like what? How old is this pitcher? Uh, he debuted in 1970. 1970. Oh, Charlie Huff. Wow, 
done. Okay. <laughs> I, I was going to, my, my other guess is going to be Bobby Witt or Nolan Ryan. So the fact that you said that, okay, good. Uh, we have a pitcher with the Montreal Expos. Um, okay. Um, how many teams is this pitcher pitched for in his career up to this point? I, I'm trying to make sure that I... Some of those are have, minors. Uh, yeah, so these, so these have minor leagues on. Okay. So, uh, 80, uh, 81 was his debut. Uh, only only the Expos. Oh, only the Expos. Um, is, okay, Bill Gullickson? Nope. Damn it. Um, oh, okay, I should be, is he right or left-handed? Uh, see, uh, bats right, throws right. Right hander. Um, this is sad. I should be getting this. Oh, no. Um, Pascual Perez. Nope. Um, you have one more question in your in your toolkit. Uh, okay. Well, how many how many wins did he have in 1988? Uh, twelve. His record was twelve and ten. Oh man. Um, 1981 to 1988. He was he was an expo that whole time. This is making me mad. Um, uh, I, I, I just can't pull it. I don't know. Bryn Smith. Oh, that's a classic 1980s baseball player. <laughs> Damn it. We have a pitcher for the Royals. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, pitcher for the Royals. Uh, starter or reliever? Uh, he is a starter. Okay. Uh, is he right or left-handed? He is a left-hander. Uh, is it Charlie Liebrandt? It is not. Oh, okay. That threw a wrench into my Eight, plans. 88 uh, was his first year with the Royals. Oh, oh, okay. And I have one other question. How old was this pitcher? Uh, d- d- born 55. So he was 33. Okay. And he was a starter. Who did the Royals get in 1988? Um, okay, so Danny Jackson was, went to the Reds. Um. Oh man. Mm, no, I don't know. Sorry, Floyd Bannister. Damn it! All right. All right. Uh, we have a hitter for the Toronto Blue Jays. Hitter. Okay. Uh, is he infielder or outfielder? Uh, he is a uh, designated hitter and a first baseman. Willie Upshaw. Nope. Um. Oh. Uh, left-hander? Uh, bats right, throws right. What the hell? Uh, so it's not even Fred McGriff. Um, so, first base DH. Okay. Um, how old, or no, how many years, how many major league years has he played through 88? Uh, his debut was 85. Hmm. And he has some did-you-know facts. He made all state teams in football and ba- and basketball. Mm-hmm. He's a two time California all state high school baseball player. This is sad that I don't he know this because like home runs off Kansas City's Charlie Liebrandt in nineteen eighty seven. Oh, previous podcast guest guest, excuse me. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so like I thought Lloyd Mosby was an outfielder, and like for some reason I just can't think of who this would be. So I would. Oh, and Cecil Fielder was in Japan. Nope. So, uh, so I would say Cecil Lloyd Mosby. Stop it! Stop it! It is. Yep. I'll show you. Oh, right here. Holy go. shit! 
I guess he was. Uh, all right, who knew? You have thirty seconds to get a uh, Angels hitter. Thirty seconds to get an Angels hitter. Um, left or righty? Uh, lefty. Uh, Wally Joyner. Nope. Damn it. Um, uh, okay, uh, Luis Polonia. Nope. No, he was on the A's. Uh, oh, I, have, I should ask a question. Uh, what infielder, outfielder? Uh, doesn't need a hitter. Oh. Wait, who was the left-handed designated hitter for the Angels then? Um, nope, I'm at a loss. Jim Sorry. Jim Eppard. Damn it. And then we'll go here are 2 d 2 and we're done. So, yeah. We might nice. not do that every week, but I, I think we might. I think it's That's fun. That's pretty – Man, yeah. so you the, got you got three, four. Yeah. You got four. Well, no, you got three, and yeah. you gave – No, you got two. We went through four. You got two. You missed two. We need more Bryn Smith in this podcast, so I think we should do this a lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we've got years from, like, I think I have 187 in there, and we go up to, like, 1992. So uh, nice. we'll, we'll keep doing that. Uh, and finally, we're going to end on questions from Craig. Are you ready? Yeah. Using baseball reference statistics, I have some higher, same, lower prediction questions. The current uh, National League team batting average is 241. Will that be higher, lower, or same by the end of the season? 241 is so low. Um, it's got to be higher. I, I was that Higher is my answer as well. National League teams are averaging 1.61 doubles per game. Will that be higher, lower, or same at the end of the season? Um, I have, I don't know. I don't have a historical context for this, um, but I will say, I'll say higher. I'll say a little lower. National mm-hmm. League teams are striking out uh, at a historic high of 8.76 strikeouts per game. Will that be higher, lower, or the same at the end of the season? I'm saying the same. Yeah, I think slightly lower. Okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> As I am older than both of you, this next question could date me a bit. The first time I heard of a fried egg on hamburger was at a fat burger stand in Westwood, uh, probably late 70s, early 80s. Now, this question uh, could end up being just for Jacob, <laughs> as I know Eric stands on eggs. So a side of an egg being served on a plate on its own, if you have an egg served on some other food, do you prefer a burger, a stack of pancakes, or anything else? So I, I don't like eggs either. I can't. I actually kind of like them, but I can't eat. I have an allergy. I, uh, um, if it's baked into something else or if it's small enough portion-wise, like if it's just a – like a small egg on top of something giant maybe i can be okay but um generally i i cannot eat eggs so i, I can't Here, answer this question here's how much you don't like or you can't deal with eggs is that in our last segment i had five minutes to answer those um the baseball card questions yep. and, and jacob wouldn't even use an egg timer he had to get another to get my iphone so yeah it. my my thing on eggs i i love eggs to death um sort of i only like them scrambled um and i i can't i and i can't have cheese in the scramble um so it's a weird thing i know it's weird uh i don't like fried i i abhor hard-boiled eggs deviled eggs can go to hell um like over easy is one of the grossest things i've ever seen um so anytime i see these these like burgers that just plop i nasty yolk on the top of a burger it just grosses me out so um putting eggs in something else uh i would say the really only acceptable thing is breakfast burrito 
essentially. Um, so, and I, and I can handle cheese being in the burrito as long as it's not part of the scramble. I think it's a texture thing there. Uh, it's weird, but I uh, right before we recorded this podcast, I literally just ate a plate of eggs. So, um, I'm I'm pro egg, but only scrambled, and I know it's weird. Uh, fun fact: uh, So there's no fat burgers out here in Kansas City. Uh, do you know where the last time I had a fat burger? Wait, uh, you're asking me where? Yeah. Hmm. Wait, <laughs> was it before the Matt Stairs game? <laughs> uh, it was after. Oh. Um, okay. No, I, I was. I thought I was going specific. Like, literally, you ate that day at no. the at fat burger. Okay. Maybe I did. Um. Uh, okay. Uh. So, you made some trips. Yep. Uh. Re- so. Was it Japan? No, you're close. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I had it in Shanghai. Uh, wow. Yep. Uh, That's pretty it sweet. Was, yeah, they served delicious beer. It was it was really good. It was very very good fat burger. It Whoop. wasn't except that it was almost too good because it wasn't greasy, and that's, that's why you go to Fat Burger is to get a really greasy cheeseburger. Now, now was it? Um, I don't know what time you saw went there in China. But um, was it? Did you do the conversion? And was it two in the morning Pacific Coast time, as Ice Cube once uh, celebrated? Uh, I'd have to do the math. I'll get back to you on that. I don't okay, okay. think so. I think it would have been more like ten p.m. But Duh. in LA Dodger history, the high number of pitchers on a team to pitch 120 or more innings in a season is six. The low number in LA history is two. And that was done fairly recently. Uh, the 2006 Dodgers had two pitchers go through 120, Derek Lowe and Brad Penny. Oh, that doesn't oh, take me back. In fact, Lowe had 218 innings pitch, and Penny had 189. Only Brett Tomko with 112 and Aaron <laughs> Seeley uh, with 102 were over 100. My question is, how many pitchers on the 2018 Dodgers will pitch over 120 innings this season? Bonus points. Uh, who will be those pitchers? Okay, um, so I, you know, Kershaw's coming back relatively soon. He's going to be one. Yeah. Um, I think Maeda will. I think Maeda will as well. Um, Ryu uh, going to miss too much. Hill could get there, but uh, you know, there's just too many variables. So no, I'm going to go yes on Walker Bueller. Okay, um, that's, that and sounds so, about right. And and just for sake of this, I'm counting 120 exactly as part of this question. Yeah. <laughs> I know Craig said it. I know just just in case it comes down to it. So those those three, um, given the um, just the the general state of the the pen or the rotation right now, like they're starting Brock Stewart, uh, even when when um, uh, Kershaw gets back, Stewart's going to be the fall guy, but Ross Stripling is still going to be in there. I mean, unless they, you know, get another guy. Um, I think he's going to have enough relief innings. Uh, so I'm going to say, I'm ugh, man, it would be a hard press for Stripling, I think. But I, I think he's going to, I'm going to have him as the fourth guy. So I'm going to say four, and those are my four. I'm going to go three, no Stripling. Question yep. four. The mm-hmm. Dodgers have played in two doubleheaders this season. Quite simply, will they play in any more this season? Uh, he'll know that two doubleheaders for the Dodgers matches their high total going back to the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, one more. One more in September. I think they'll play another one. Uh, 
and it will be the first it'll be the first rain out at Dodger Stadium in seven in uh, eighteen years. So that's my weird guess. They did have a poop out, but I guess that wasn't during the regular season. No, so. no but also, but that, that was only a game that was like called in the fifth. <laughs> so, yeah. The final question: You can go to the movie theaters that serve food and alcoholic <laughs> drinks. Jacob probably does at the Alamo Draft House. I do. And there are places here in LA that do that. My question is, do you think those things make a movie more enjoyable or is it distracting? Um, I don't think it's distracting. Um, I just, and I'm, I'm generally, a, uh, you know, I don't mind like being waited on or whatever. So it's not, a, it's, <laughs> it, but, but that's, I get, so that, that said, like, um, while I don't think it's distracting, it's kind of a hard thing to like, I'm going to look at this menu right now in act two, you know, like what, uh, so I, I'm, I'm sort of a guy who like gets his, uh, whatever I'm going to get, I probably would have ordered it before the movie and yeah. just have it there. And then like, I'm not going to be like an hour and a half in and be like, well, time to get another uh, one, you know? See, okay. So I'm going to, you don't have your, the Alma draft house in LA is not open yet. So you're not aware because uh, there is a unequivocal answer to this, and it's yes. It makes it wonderful. Uh, a couple things. You have to combine it with the Alamo's policy of basically uh, fervent no cell phone policy, uh, and it, it is extreme. They will You get one warning that you get kicked out. I have seen it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's It's not just uh, lip service. And uh, the, uh, also combined with the fact that generally the shows are kid-free. Um, they're, they're, they make exceptions to that during the earlier in the day, but generally it's just 18 or over. Um, what, cause what happens is you go in, you get there a little early, you learn enough of the menu, you order, like you do, you order your food then, but then it comes to you in the middle of the movie. So you don't have to eat it all at once. You have a nice table there and then mm-hmm. it's more, Oh, we're, you know, you're in infinity war or something. So it's, you know, hour one of three, you're like, you know what? I know the menu. I want some milk and cookies or I want a beer, or I want some sort of delicious boozy concoction, you just take a little card, you write down what you want, and you put it up, and then someone comes by, grabs the card, and then comes back with your milk and cookies. And it's mm. wonderful. You will never want to go back. Do you do... Do you ever combine milk and cookies and a beer? Uh, I've done that before, sure. Okay. Nice little that's a little stout. That's a little I, weird. I don't okay. do dunking yet. Maybe, maybe I should try that, though. Oh, God. When, you, when the when the Alamo opens in LA, which I believe is soon, uh, but they've been saying that for a while, uh, you should go and yeah, you'll you'll be a convert. I'm convinced. I just I just like popcorn and maybe maybe a, maybe a candy. I, I'm, what I'm old if, school. What if you get through that bowl of popcorn and you want to refill? Boom, done. You don't have to leave the movie. Someone will bring uh, that I, to you. Oh, I'm completely fine with that. Okay, like I, I'm, I, I see. I don't. I'm, I'm with you. It's there's. It's not a distraction. It's like. It's just part of the thing. Yeah. So, and again, it's you remove the other distractions, and then the whole theater is based on making that process as distraction free as possible. And they do a really good job of it. The food just magically appears. Like you, like you see the person bringing you, but they do a really good job staying out of the way and being quiet. So, hmm. that's our episode. And then, oh, do you? No, it's not. You really I'm want sorry. to talk about this? No, no. I was just <laughs> no, going to say. Fine, it's fine. If, so, if you're watching Infinity War, can you call them and be like? Can you process my refund here or no? Or, okay, I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not going to see it. Can you anyway, parking. You do that afterwards. <laughs> Thank you. <very> <laughs> <much>. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> 
what's the meaning of life anyway get uh, my tickets to uh, the next movie <laughs> um so we're going to come at you uh, next week with more Bryn smith but thanks for listening this week and we will talk to you later